Do you need a daily blog checklist? If you're like me, you probably write on a regular basis. And it seems to me I make mistakes on a very, nearly every time I write a blog post, I, I forget to add something. I double check, triple check, quadruple check, and still <laughs> I seem to forget any everything or something on a particular blog post. It would be like, oh, I forgot this, or oh no, oh no, oh, I can't believe I did that again. <sighs> Life can be so busy, and these simple errors have become the norm for me. If only I could find a way to remember everything. So, this week I decided oh, it's time I create something that would remind me to check these things off the list as I go through not only creating but also uh, publishing my blog posts and I thought but hang on a second you can benefit from it as well so it's a win-win-win so not only the reader benefits because I remember to put everything in but you can actually get access to that wonderful blog daily blog checklist if it is you're interested um, the link is in the actual blog post below um, I also decided well I might as well make a whole blog post out of it <laughs> so that is what this week's podcast is all about I'm just going to run through 13 key items that I think and most other bloggers think it's essential to include in your blog post to ensure that your blog post becomes successful so number one is objective. What does that mean? Well, every time you're gonna write a blog post, you have to figure out, okay, well, what is the objective of it? And what is the reader or the person um, reading that particular blog post is gonna get out of it? So you tell them the objective upfront. Today, today's blog post is about this, that and that, and I'm hoping that by the end of this post, you're gonna gain these particular benefits from it. And for this particular podcast, the objective is to make sure at the end of the podcast that you would remember that you have these 13 items that you should include in every uh, podcast, well, necessary podcast, but blog post, because this is specifically related to blog post because, you know, a podcast is all audio. You don't have to include links or videos inside of a podcast, so it's kind of different. But I hope you find this useful. So objective is the first thing. Next up is the grammar. Um, you don't have to worry about this in a podcast, but for blog posts, you have to remember that the grammar is, is you know, almost 100%. Like people are quite forgiving, but if every second sentence or every paragraph has errors in it, oh, sometimes it can be frustrating for the reader um, and they don't feel to continue anymore, especially if it is a long blog post. Um, this week's blog post for me is nearly 2,500 words ouch and but it's jam-packed full of goodness and juicy information which I hope you'd find useful so one of the things I actually uh, use to make sure that my grammar is on point is a tool called Grammarly which is absolutely free yay good news for everyone and it helps me as I am I'm always logged into it so nearly every page uh, web page I'm using it shows me whatever errors necessary other people's errors but errors in my particular writing 
uh, as well as Word documents or any kind of other documents I'm working on my computer. So don't forget, you can actually log into Grammarly, get a free account for Grammarly and select the English or the language because they've got US English and UK English um, as well as other languages. Select the language and then as you are writing out your posts, it will correct it as you, as you go along. So by the end of it, you've gotten a nice um, score in terms of your um, grammatical correctness, for want of a better word. Another tool one of my friends recommended is a tool called Hemingway Editor, um, which is really cool because a lot of people who are professional writers use it and they actually suggest, um, I've actually included a screenshot um, for the Hemingway app um, in the actual blog post itself so you can get an idea as to what it does. It grades your writing uh, on a scale of, I guess, one to five. Um, as good or not so good, uh, etc. And you can see I've copied and pasted some of the information from my blog post into the Hemingway app and taken a screenshot of that. So I hope you find that tremendously useful. Unfortunately, this particular um, uh, app isn't free. It's $20, $20 as far as I remember. Um, but it's not necessarily expensive. But it's really cool because if it is that you are, especially if you have um, readers majority of the readers who are uh, English professors or people who are um, really good at English or whatever language it is, you want to make sure that they don't get turned off from reading your particular post. Um, so I'm not asking you to go to the nth degree <laughs> in terms of writing your actual blog post, but at least you can try to keep your grammar almost 100% uh, correct um, so that you would make it easier for on the eyes of your reader. Number three on the list is SEO friendly. So I know it's absolute pain when you're writing, you're only writing for actual readers, but you're also writing for search engines. Hence the reason why SEO is in there. And just in case you don't know what SEO is, SEO is search engine optimization. And essentially it's just a technical piece of phrase that um, search engines use um, to rank your article and then decide or post and then decide where they place it in the search engine. So SEO friendly would have um, elements like um, uh, titles, well, your titles, your sub, your subtitles, H1 and H2 titles, your meta tags, your meta description. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, basically, uh, oh yeah, the alt tags in your images. So it just it just has to be on point. Otherwise, um, you'd find yourself in a situation where. Uh, you don't get ranked really well because you're missing little bits and pieces. But the good news is you don't have to do it all yourself. You can download, um, especially if you use WordPress, there is this lovely plugin called Yoast SEO, um, which I believe I discussed in last week's um, epi uh, episode. And what it does, it would actually go off and check as you are writing your blog post to ensure that um, the word count is there, the keyword density is there, the H1 and H2 tags are there, and all of that. It actually ranks and gives you, uh, as you get better and better, it gives you all green lights as you go along that, that path. Um, and guess what? The plugin is absolutely free, which is good news again for yourself. 
Um, and if you want even more further information, I have a, like I mentioned, I have a blog post about it. You can go and read the blog post that has more details on it. All right. So next up then is reader friendly. So read the reader friendliness of your particular blog post. Ah, oh, so I know you're probably thinking, I thought we covered that already. No, the last one was about grammatically correct. The next one is you can have the very perfectly gra- grammatically correct um, blog post, but then um, as the person is reading it, they might find it very difficult to go through because not necessarily because of grammar, but because of the way it is laid out on the page. Hence the reason why I'm looking at uh, reader friendliness. So, uh, it is advised, especially by pro bloggers, um, that you have uh, the paragraph. So every the whole post is broken into several paragraphs, and each paragraph has subheadings. So make it very easy to so sort of read. Most people, most readers, seventy percent plus um, readers actually skim through. So they're looking for at the head at the subheadings. And if you have no subheadings, and they realize that they have to actually go and pick through each paragraph to find what they're looking for, uh, they tend to click off and go to the next post or someone else's page or a different website. Um, so one of the reasons to make it more reader-friendly is to have subheadings for every paragraph that you write. And then within each paragraph, then you break that only further into um, sub-paragraph that has a, a maximum of two or three lines. Um, so they can literally skim through and that makes for easier reading obviously the easier it is for them to read the longer they will stay it reduces your bounce rate um, and increases your um, total um, uh, session per user and if you don't know what I'm talking about check out um, my podcast two weeks ago where when I, where I went through all the different analytics that Google's, Google tracks in terms of um, your uh your rankings or your even your analytics let's just say um, for your uh, blog post itself um, so you break the text up into smaller paragraphs you place subheadings you make the sentences as short as possible so any kind of elaborate sentence that doesn't have a full stop after 20 words kind of doesn't um, agree favorably um, and then also include links to related content so if it is that you only have a summarized version of a particular topic and you have a, a much lo- longer explanation somewhere else in your, um, on your website, remember to link to that particular longer explanation. All right. Next up, we have mobile device friendly. And I know you're probably thinking, but I thought we talked about reader friendliness there. But the issue is people read your, um, your blog post using several different devices. Well, not necessarily one person, but your readers in general. So you want to make sure that you cater for all of these different devices. And there are mainly three categories. You have your desktop, you've got your tablet, and then you've got your mobile device. An actual, you know, phone. (laughs) And um, if you have a responsive team, that's half the battle. Um, But you also want to make sure that um, you don't have the read the text too fine. There's enough spacing in between the text. The images are not too big in terms of it doesn't take long for the images to get downloaded, the images that you include in your blog post. Um, the length isn't too long. I know in my particular blog post is about 2,500 um, uh, words, but it's broken down in such a way that the person can actually skim through even on a mobile device. So make it really skimmable. Um, skimmable. 
and really, really mobile friend friendly. Ooh. Because over 50% of your readers, uh, people who read blogs and or use the internet, actually use uh, mobile devices. Okay. All right. So I think we are halfway there or almost halfway there. Next up, we have video and images. Um, so one of the things that makes a blog post more attractive or make people stay much longer, or readers stay much longer on your particular blog post is the inclusion of video Im and images or video or images. And the reason for that is because um, people have all sorts of different um, types of way they consume content. A few months ago, I remember I had the Edgar's Learning Curve that talks about how people um, consume and if it is they consume just by reading or by uh, probably a, a, what do you call it a workshop they tend to consume much better there's also this what we call neuro-linguistic um, programming and the way people learn some people are analytical others are visual some are oral so it depends hence the reason why my particular um, blog post comes in audio format as well as written format as well as I try to include some images so every person have different ways of consuming content and you want to make sure you cater for as many of them as possible um, because you simply do not know which, which way the vast say for example if I ask you uh, if 50 if you could tell me well, what we 50 to 70 percent of your readers consume your content or if they're left brain or right brain or analytical or visual you probably would know the answer neither do I so I try to cater as much as possible um, for the vast majority of them um, or at least a nice core content who are interested in this particular um, uh, blog post. So um, the video should be on topic, uh, it shouldn't be long, that's the next thing, you can't just put any old video that's like 40 minutes long, you want to include a video that's somewhere between 90 and 180 seconds. Um, it should be embedded properly so you don't have difficulty clicking the play button. The images, on the other hand, should include at least um, you should include one at least one image in the um, in your content. Um, consider images that can have social proof in them, so things like um, a picture from the likes of Twitter or Facebook that sort of complements your content quite nicely. Images that are SEO optimized, so include make sure you include um, the name of your um, keyword in the actual. Uh, uh, file image name um, and as well as in the old tags um, use infographics sparingly because like I remember when I said people are using it on their mobile and sometimes it's kind of depending on the infographic it can be quite difficult for someone to actually view that infographic from a mobile device and so include the infographics down to the end um, and not at the very top um, because it gives them the ability then to read what they have and if they really want to look at the infographic they can don't click on it on the bottom all right so number seven we have socially shareable okay so you've gone off take the whole um probably a day to create this wonderful um, blog post and your readers read it and then they realize oh i want to share this and they have to go and do all sorts of acrobatics to copy a link to share it to twitter to share it to facebook or whatever it is however if you have really cool um plugins or other um, lit bits to help them to share it uh, much easier um, then it will be good for you and remember people are lazy uh, or they're short on time so you give them the quickest way for them to share your content then you have a much higher chance 
of it getting um, shared across uh, different social media platforms. So one of the, the plugins I suggested, I believe it was the last ago, it could be um, some time ago, is a plugin called Social Warfare, which is really good um, because it, it, co it covers about six different platforms and people can then share your content in two clicks or three clicks. Whereas uh, we also have another um, plugin, which I was saying I also mentioned last week, called uh, Click to Tweet, which comes again with um, the Social Warfare plugin. And all you do then is highlight bits within the paragraph and um, give them the ability to nice little click, uh, clickable, tweetable bits that they can then go off and share without having to, for them to actually write a short caption before they, they share it on their social media. Um, platform like Twitter all right okay next up then is the lovely tags and categories so it can be quite confusing because some people believe categories and tags are the same but I've given a really good example in this particular blog post so, if, so say for example you are a wedding um, a wedding wedding a bridal outfit shop and you sell obviously not just wedding dresses or not wedding not just wedding gowns you also share you also sell um uh, flower girl dresses, um, maid of honor dresses, uh, what else is there? Bridesmaid dresses. And if you think of those particular categories, and mother of the bride dresses, so you'll have five different categories. You have the bridal gowns, your bridesmaid dresses, your mother of the bride dresses, your flower girl dresses, and your maid of honor dresses. So those are categories. So it's really important when you write a particular blog post, if, for example, this is what you have as your, um, your particular niche, you have these categories already listed and when you write a, a blog post about bridal gowns, you make sure you highlight um, or click the category called bridal gowns so, so that people find it easier, uh, or find it more, yeah, easy to, to find your particular, um, all of your posts that relates to bridal gowns. Tags, on the other hand, is like if you have subcategories within those categories. And they're only relevant if it is you have more than one post that can fall under that particular tag. And an example of this is, for example, bridal gown. If you didn't already know, you have about seven different kinds of bridal gowns. You've got the trumpet, the ball gowns, the A-line, mini, the T-length, the mermaid, and the sheath. And if you have, say, five different dresses that fall into each of those subcategories, then it would be great for you because you can then put tags on your site. And anything that relates to trumpet, you put a tag trumpet. So not only would people be able to find all of them, all of your posts that relates to um, bridal gowns, they'll also be able to go and find them broken down by these tags or subcategories uh, within your posts. Hopefully that makes sense. So remember to include your tags and categories where, where relevant so we make it easy, easier, not only for the Google spiders to navigate your site, um, but also for your readers to find all these different subcategories sub uh, within your blog, your actual blog. Number nine, hoo, 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 we're almost there. So um, when it comes to concluding your particular blog post, how do you do it? That's, of course, if you're a blogger, if you're not yet a blogger, have no fret, I've got a solution for you as well. But if you're a blogger, how do you go about concluding? What's the best way to conclude? What should you include at the bottom at the very end? Well, the four things I, I would tend to include and which you can read in all the professional blog posts uh, or, or blog posts of professional bloggers are things like a recap. 
So you're going to recap everything that you covered in um, your previous um, in, in, the, in the actual post itself. Then you could, you could conclude by putting a summary of what you covered and key takeaways, a call to action, okay, what it, what it is you want the person to do, and then announcements. So any kind of news, upcoming next, um, you know, I've got a, say for example, if I had a, a guest blog, uh, a guest podcast or coming on my podcast, it'd be an announcement, I would include an announcement section or things to remember for people to do or don't remember to subscribe to podcasts, etc. So these are the four things you want to have in your conclusion section. And the conclusion section could have two subheadings. Number one, recap. And another, number, number two, summary. And number three, announcements. Uh, so three subheadings. But you decide what way you want to lay that out. Don't make it too big. Make sure you break it down. And again, the whole idea is to make it sure it's readable and actionable for the person, the reader who's reading your blog post. Um, I've given a few examples in terms of what a call to action is. Call to action could be download a checklist, join an email list, purchase an item, uh, read a related article, or join a webinar, upcoming webinar. So that's number nine. Number ten. To to do. Yeah. So getting close to the end. Bear with me now. So number ten, I have marketing plan. So it's all well and good to have the perfect blog post. It's grammatically co- correct. It's reader friendly. It's it's uh, mobile device friendly. It's, you know, spot on. You've got the, all the SEO checks and everything like that. But what about letting the world know that it exists? So really, really important to have a marketing plan, not just for um, your entire website, but for each particular blog post, because it could be addressing a topic and the people who hang out, for example, on Facebook or on Instagram might be interested in it. Ensure you have a marketing plan um, for each blog post as you are producing it. Because um, when you have a marketing plan in mind, you will you will actually write the blog post that would actually fit that particular market marketing plan. The last thing you want to do is create this particular blog post and then realize, oops, I can't actually put it there because, you know, whatever the reason is. So think of all the different platforms, whether it be for SEO, uh, social media, content syndication, blog commenting, uh, video marketing, social bookmarking, collaboration with other bloggers or other people in your niche. Uh, search marketing, so that's paid, a, a paid service. So you're paying for to drive traffic to your big club blog posts or landing page, and then finally public relations. So I covered probably public relations with a, um, a, a podcast in the past. If you want to re- um, go and visit it, it's on the PR consulting. So have a look at that in terms of how public relations can help you uh, market your particular blog posts. All right. Next up, we have number 11, which is repurpose plan. I know you're probably thinking, what? What's that? Well, um, when you write a blog post, number one, you want to make sure or ensure that it's an evergreen blog post so that uh, 18 months, three years, five years from now, it will still be relevant. There might be a few things like, for example, in this particular blog post, I've included things like a social warfare plugin, which might be different in five years time. So I can just go out and, and change that particular plugin name in blog post but other than that everything will remain the same and the cool thing about the blog post once you put a lot of effort into it you can take that blog post and then convert it into probably a webinar or an online course or just a video that you can put post to your youtube channel um, you can take it and produce a checklist you can convert it into an ebook for example um, but obviously 
when I'm talking about all these other external things is that, for example, this particular blog post, if I put everything in it, it would be about 10,000 words long, which means I can easily put that into an ebook. But because it's a blog post, I have to reduce and cut back on what I want to say in this particular blog post, making it shorter and more consumable as a blog post. But if I take it out and I decide I want to convert it into something much bigger, I can do that because all of the outline and key, um, the key ideas are there within the blog post. Um, and yeah, that covers number nine, uh, sorry, number 11, um, in terms of repurposing that content. You want to make sure that you can, you know, sometime down the line, take that and make it into something bigger and better um, for your um, audience. Number 12, to to do, we are almost there, hang in there with me. All right, so number 12, believe it or not, is starting your next post. Say what? Well, yeah, because you've put in all this hard work and, you know, made it, polish it off, make it perfect. Doesn't mean you have to stop right there and not think about your next blog post. Start outlining your next post, or if it is you already have that schedule, the next one after that or the next one after that. Don't hang up your boots just yet and you don't want to be finding yourself in a situation where you're panicking, mad, rushing to create content and you have nothing um, there waiting. So say, for example, uh, in my particular case, I have um, about five blog posts already outlined that I need to create into an actual post in draft mode. And then I have another five or six that's already in draft mode waiting. And the thing is, when I created the first time, I have that amount of content, content in there. But when I revisit it, probably after a few weeks, I oh, I could add this and oh, I can add that. That's the, the beauty of having um, plan, planning in advance for your future um, blog posts. Um, and like I said in last week, it's about having the right mindset. This is a long-term gig. Blogging is not something that you do in the short term. Uh, once you've got the long-term spin on it and the correct mindset, you always be looking for content or things to add value to the lives. And I'm always looking for, for different ways to add value to your life. So I hope you're enjoying the content so far. At the end of the day, it's all about adding value. And also, blogging can be very, very creative. It can be exciting. You can add so many um, exciting things to a blog post. Number 13. So the last point um, on this then is creating images for your marketing plan. So it's all well and good to know, okay, I know I have to um, write a blog post, I know I have to market it this way, but then you have to create a lot of images. And I know that can be quite daunting because you have to create images for Facebook, something that will fit Facebook, one for your actual blog, one for print, well, probably not one, maybe two, two, because you want to test these images two for um, Twitter, two for Pinterest, and so on and so on. It might seem, like I said, quite daunting, but uh, if you create templates using something like Canva, it'd be quite easy. It's just a matter of grabbing the templates, swapping out the words, um, maybe changing the image slightly, and then moving on to the next one. Um, I've included in the uh, in the blog posts, the different sizes of images just to help you um, decide, well, well, create images much quicker. Obviously, if you're using Canva, they have standard sizes in there. Um, but if in case you're stuck and you're not using Canva and you want to create it using something much simpler, then 
I've included the image sizes for Pinterest, for blogs, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter in the blog post for you. So I hope you really like that. Social media posts containing images also get um, the most engagement, hence reason why it's important to have your images. All right, recap time. Whew. It seems like it's gonna be impossible to remember all of this, but have no fear. Guess what I said? I've created a checklist for you. So you can just go in and download it. And every time you create a blog post, you go through that checklist to make sure you've included all of that. So let's recap. So number one, we look at objective. Why are you writing this blog post? What's in it for the user, for the reader? Grammar, make sure it's grammatically correct. Use things like Hemingway or and Grammarly to ensure it's on point. SEO friendly, uh, include things like your H1, H2 tabs, your old tags, your, um, uh, your word counts, and your de uh, keyword density is all on point. To, and obviously your meta, your meta tags and your meta description to make sure you get a good ranking for your post. After all, you've worked so hard to get it done. Ensure it's reader friendly. Yes, make sure that the paragraphs are well nicely spaced. You have subheadings all the way through so people can skim it because over 70% of people skim through um, blog posts. They don't actually read it. I myself do it because I'm short on time. Um, mobile device responsive. So make sure it's, uh, you know, people can read it on whatever device they're reading and it doesn't look too grainy and it, the images are not too big so they can't you know make sure you something like probably smush it to dunk to decrease the size of your images before um, they are uploaded to your blog include video and images um, to make it easier for people who are more visually um, inclined to learn so they will find your um, your blog post visually appealing um, Ensure that you make it socially shareable because people are short on time. Some of them are quite lazy. Uh, if you use a social with warfare um, plugin as well as click to tweet, um, so they can actually easily share it once they find something of value and they want to share it with their friends. Include your tags and categories um, in that particular um, blog post. Categorize it accordingly so that users will find it. All of the things that's, for example, in bridal. Um, bridal gowns that are uh, t-length dresses they can find it much easier rather than having to search through all of your content to find what they're looking for um, ensure that your conclusion is um, great that you have all the bits like a recap a summary um, take all the key takeaways uh, a call to action in your conclusion have a marketing plan um, so you know how you're going to market your particular blog post. It's well good and good to write it, but people need to find it. You need to drive traffic to your site, etc. Repurpose plan. So if in, you say, 18 months time, you take that particular blog post and you can repurpose it as a webinar or as a, um, a case study or, you know, something, you can actually put it into a course or an ebook. Um, make sure it's repurposable, if that's even a word. <laughs> Uh, get ready to prepare your next post. I know, oh good goodness, you put so much time and effort into this post. You're trying to tell me you have to create another one. But the thing is that if you're always going, always creating, always generating content, writing between uh, 1,000 to 1,500 um, words of content every day, then it will become second nature to you. And, far, and last but not least, number 13, 
remember to include all the different marketing image sizes once you're creating all the images for that particular blog post. And like I said, no need to write down all of these. You can just download the free daily blog checklist from my website and have that to hand when you are um, when you are, you know, writing your next blog post. Right, announcements. Remember to subscribe to my podcast um, so you can be the first to know when the next one comes out. Uh, if you missed last week's um, podcast, remember that I have a 10-day challenge on at the moment. For those of you who haven't started your blog yet, enroll in the, the free um 10-day challenge it's not going to be free forever i'm going to be including a price sometime soon um, but get started and get your blog up and running and let me know how you get on i'd love to know how i've added value to your life there are over 20 plus videos um, you can look at my over, sh- over the shoulder tutorials i've included checklists and all sorts of nice goodies in that particular 10-day challenge if you need help setting up your pinterest profile Uh, remember to look at my work with me um, section where I have all the the Pinterest virtual assistant packages that's available all right that's it for today I really really hope you found this um, valuable Uh, remember to download the free daily blog checklist so you would not have to um, be lost every time making errors like me you've got a checklist on hand so you finish write a blog post you check everything off and then hit the publish or schedule button all right that's all for today enjoy the rest of the day and the rest of the week bye for now